Thanks for listening in to the Calvary Podcast, coming to you from Miami, Florida. We're so glad you've joined us. We hope today's message will encourage you and remind you that God is with you and He's for you. Here's today's message. today. So if you have your Bibles, will you turn with me to Galatians chapter 6? Galatians chapter 6. This is in the New Testament. Everybody like who they're sitting next to? Awesome. Awesome. If you don't, you can move once I start praying. That's totally okay. Galatians chapter 6. As you're turning there, I would love to give you a little bit context of what's happening before we get in this. So chapter six is the last chapter out of this letter to the churches in an area called Galatia. And so Paul, when he was writing this letter, he he would have been a little bit frustrated. He would have been frustrated because he spent years going ahead and planning this church and taking time investing in this church and telling them, hey, there's a God who loves you. There's a savior named Jesus who died for you, set you free. You can, don't worry about those flyers that just fell out. And so he said, hey, everything that you need is all in Jesus. There's nothing else that you need. So two years pass right after that and he's planting churches in other areas and he's doing what God has called him to do. He comes back and he hears that these false teachers have come in and they're saying, hey, Not only do you need to follow Jesus, but now you also need to follow all these laws, all these traditions, and do all these things. And Paul's like, you don't need any of that. All you need is just Jesus. It's in faith alone. That's all you need. And then he goes ahead and expands on that. But now we we find ourselves in Galatians chapter 6. And he had been talking about what it means to live a life by the Spirit, which is a life when you've been following Jesus. And I'll go into that in just a moment. But now he's talking to everybody in the room. Someone say everybody. And he says this, starting at verse 1. He says, brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, you who live by the Spirit, to live by the Spirit means, hey, I follow what Jesus is doing. I let go and I neglect what I always want, feel I need, and say, God, have your will be done. So those who live by the Spirit, which should be every single one of us, he says, should restore that person gently. But watch yourselves, or you may also be tempted carry each other's burdens and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ and if anyone thinks they are something when they are not they deceive themselves each one of you should test their own actions take pride in themselves alone without comparing themselves to someone else for each one should carry their own load someone say own load nevertheless the one who receives instruction in the world should share all good things with their instructor do not be deceived God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh, from the flesh they will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not grow weary in doing good, for at a proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Out of these few verses, in the spirit of Independence Day weekend, in the spirit of just finishing up this series called Breaking Free, I just want to take a moment and I want to preach a message I've titled, The Responsibility of being free. The responsibility of being free. Can you turn to this person next to you and repeat after me and say, I have a responsibility because I'm free. I have a responsibility because I'm free. Let's go. Let's go ahead and pray and believe that God is in the room. So Lord, we thank you, Jesus. Lord, we thank you for who you are. Lord, we thank you that we get to gather together on this Independence Day weekend and live in the greatest country on the entire planet, God. Lord, we get to proclaim you. We get to talk about you openly, freely, God. And what an honor, what a privilege, Lord. God, I pray that today 
You speak to our hearts. You speak to our minds, God. If there's somebody in here that maybe doesn't know you, Lord, I pray that you just reach after their hearts, that they can know that there's such a good God who is crazy in love with them, Lord. I pray that you speak to us today. It's in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody says, amen, amen. amen. Come on, if you love Jesus, can you make some noise one time? Pastor Alex was saying this, and he was talking about, like, I can't believe it's July already. It really is. It's crazy. Time goes by so fast. Can can we talk about this, how fast time goes by? My wife and I, we've been married for almost three years, which is crazy, in just a few months. How good is my wife on offering today? She was incredible. But almost almost three years. It's crazy. I felt like sometimes it was yesterday. And I'm, I'm blessed. I'm privileged. I seriously have the greatest wife on the entire planet. And being married is the greatest thing on the entire planet. Like, it's, it's awesome. I love being married. But if we could be honest sometimes, there are some things I do miss about living with my parents. So I, I lived, I, I, it's true, it's true. I lived with my parents until the day that I got married. So literally until the day of was the day I was like, okay, now it's time. You leave your home and you go now to your wife. And so it was the day I got married. I'm like, man, things are about to change. So we come back from our honeymoon and things are settling back in. And the things I miss are the fact that I would get home sometimes and food was already set. I was like, this is amazing. Like food just appears out of nowhere. Food is already cooked. Food is already bought. This, this is the best. And then I realized I gotta, we got to cook all the food every single week or we got to get our own groceries. And I was like, this isn't as much fun. Then we go ahead and we're going ahead and now we have to do all the cleaning, right? We have to clean the bathrooms. We have to do the dishes. We have to do all the laundry. It was like, I thought this stuff just gets done. Like I, my brother and I and my sister, we helped out when we were growing up, but I thought this stuff just gets done. You know, there's different responsibilities that came about from the time that we got married. Going through life and every season of life, there's different responsibilities that come up. Where all my students at, elementary, middle school, high school, everybody in the room that's a student, or maybe even college students, when you're in the season of school, well, you have to actually complete assignments. You got to listen to what your professor says. You got to show up on time. You got to do the stuff that's required of you. Then you get a little bit older. Now you got to go ahead and step into work. And now you got to obey what your boss says and follow what your boss says, submit to your boss, even if you hate your boss. Like there's just certain things that you have to do and different responsibilities that come about depending on the season that you're in. Well, when you, fire, when you decide to follow Jesus and say, Jesus, you are Lord of my life, there's something beautiful that does happen. The sin that overcarried you, the sin that is weighty, the sin that separates us away from God, the anxious heart that we carry, God says, hey, I work in those areas. The moment we decide to follow Jesus, our life becomes transformed when we are changed from the inside out. If you're addicted in this room, I believe he breaks chains. If you're going ahead, if you're in bondage in this room, he breaks chains. I believe he's a healing God. There's some beautiful things. That comes from following Jesus. It's amazing. If you don't know Jesus in this room, I pray and we'll we'll extend an invitation at the end of this service where I believe God can change your life in a moment. Something beautiful. But there's also a responsibility that comes about. We're now called to live a life of obedience and there's a responsibility that we're meant to carry. Well, the Apostle Paul, he's talking about this responsibility that we're meant to carry. In Galatians chapter 6, he says, hey, I'm glad that you're free. He's talking about you're free. You don't have to go. It's not based on your works. It's not based on how good you are. It's not based on your church attendance. It's none of this. It's all about Jesus. He sets you free. It's a beautiful thing. But he says, now there's there's some things you got to do. You live by the Spirit. Amazing. 
Now there's some things that you got to do. And now we get to Galatians chapter 6. And he gives us these responsibilities that we're supposed to carry. Well, you walked in and you're probably like, responsibilities, I got enough on my own plate. I don't want any more responsibilities. Take that back. I don't want to hear this. I don't want any more things on my plate. I promise you, these responsibilities are not just something that you're going to just want to let off to the side. But these responsibilities are something that I believe will change your family. It's responsibilities that I believe will change your workplace. It's responsibilities that I believe your change will, your friend group, people that are far away from God, people that don't know that there's a God who frees them, that saves them, that loves them. It'll change your world. If you just say, I got some responsibilities to step into. Well, well, what are these responsibilities? Can I handle these? Is this something that I could do? Well, let's, let's talk about it. Let's talk about some of the responsibilities. So he, he gives us the first responsibility right off the bat. Right in verse one, he says this. I'm gonna, if we could ask if we could put it up on the screens. He says, brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, you who live by the spirit should restore that person gently. Someone say restore. restore. Our first job is to restore others. Restore others. I, got, I started playing golf about a year and a half ago. Any, any golfers in the room? Maybe three of you guys. I love it. I love it. So I started playing golf about a year and a half ago, and I got gifted these, this club of used set, but it was amazing. Like, I was so pumped. Golf clubs are not cheap. So when I got this set, I was pumped. I wanted a full Nike set. I got a full Nike set given to me for free. God bless me. Like, it was amazing. I, I was so pumped. Now, it was an older set, and because it was an older set, some of these clubs, when I opened them, they were rusted. The grips were destroyed. Everything was an absolute mess when I got these clubs. I'm like, okay, I really am just excited because they're brand new to me. And so I want to do something, and I want to restore these clubs. So I go ahead, and I go on YouTube, and I start looking up videos. I start putting the rusted clubs in vinegar and seeing all these videos that are coming about. I get some new grips on these clubs. Like, I'm just excited to restore these clubs. Restore them so I can use them again. Restore them so they can be played with again. I'm just excited to restore these clubs. Paul is saying, you're going to restore somebody. You're going to bring them back to where they can be restored again. As a matter of fact, he uses this word restore, and this word restore would have actually meant to, to mend something together. It would have actually been a term that would have been used by the Greeks, the secular Greek in the medical field. And it would have been a term that would have been used when somebody dislocated a bone or when a bone would have been separated. And what he's saying is, pretty much this word, katarizo, which is this word to restore. He's saying, hey, this word right here is what you're going to do with the people around you, to restore somebody who might be broken, to restore somebody who might be broken by their sin. You're going to bring them back to where they can be used again by God. Restore, restore. Well, sometimes restoring isn't that easy. And the restoring that he's talking about is a restoring when somebody, he says, is caught up in sin. He says, when this person is caught up in sin, he says, they're broken. They're broken. If we could be honest, some of us in this room have probably walked in broken, broken by our own sin. Maybe you've come in and you're saying, hey, I've walked in and I'm addicted. I've walked in, I'm on my third divorce. I've walked in and I let another relationship down. I've walked in and I've, I'm broken. I'm broken. And he says, this word right here is for you. It's for you. 
is for the broken person. You might have walked in broken, but I believe that there's a God who brings all broken people back together. He restores all broken back to people. And he says, I want to use you to restore that person also. So he says, let's restore. I believe there's four ways that we can restore somebody. And this is just really practical stuff. But the first thing is you just got to recognize you got to recognize, but also you got to help somebody else recognize. Uh, there's, a, there's a theologian who just recently passed, and he was absolutely amazing. His name was Tim, Ke- Tim Keller, and he said this about somebody caught up in sin. He said, this indicates that the sinful behavior is a pattern, and the particular sin has, in a sense, gotten the upper hand of this person. It is a habit of sinful behavior that the person will not be able to overcome without help and outside intervention. Someone say help. Someone around you is declaring help and needs you. They need you. They need you because somebody's walking in this room and maybe it's you. And you've been trying to overcome this stuff by yourself. And the more that you try, you keep realizing, I can't. I can't keep doing this on my own. And so the first thing we got to do is I got to recognize. I got to recognize the problem. I got to recognize the issue. I got to recognize the sin because that's what we're called to do. Once we recognize and help somebody else recognize, the next step is to run alongside. We got to run alongside. See, when somebody is in sin, when they're addicted, when they know they're doing something they shouldn't do, here's what they're going to want to do. They're going to want to be on one side and they're going to run the complete opposite direction away from the church, away from people that love them, away from the people that care for them the most. But you know what we're going to do? We're going to say, hey, you're running that way. Don't worry. I'm going to run alongside you. I'm not going to let you go by yourself. I'm going to be on the journey with you because we're going to run alongside people. We got to be on the journey with them. We run alongside. We help recognize. We help run alongside, but then we help reestablish. What does that look like? It means helping people to actually overcome these areas. So sometimes it means if somebody is bound by an addiction to pornography, it says, hey, give me your phone. I'm going to set a code on your phone to make sure you can't download apps, to make sure you can't get on certain websites because I'm running alongside you and I want you to be reestablished. There's somebody that you know that they're going to places that they shouldn't go. They know that every time they go to the same bar, they go, the same outcomes are coming up. Or they're having an affair with with somebody else that's not their wife or their husband, and you know exactly where they should be going. You say, hey, would you be willing, as I run alongside you, to give me your location? So that way I can say, hey, run, get out of there. You don't need to be in that room. I want to help reestablish. And then, once we've helped somebody recognize, we've run alongside them, we've helped reestablish them, then we also have to remember that we're not perfect. Because here's what can happen. Two things. One, when helping somebody, we can start to think that we are above that person and say, oh, I'm not dealing with what they're dealing with. And we just start to think about how great we are, how amazing we are, and just say, just compare ourselves to that person with the best. And he says, hey, Paul's saying, remember, you're not perfect. You got to remember that. But also remember you're not perfect because maybe helping somebody might make you fall into the same sins that they're in. And it's like, hey, I need to remember I'm not perfect. I need to remember if I'm a guy, I'm going to make sure, hey, I'm not going to go help some girl out with their problems. Hey, don't worry, girl. I got you. I'll come to your house. I'll help you with all your problems. It's like, no, no, no. Like, hey, remember you're not perfect. Remember, remember, remember you're not perfect. But here's the thing about restoring. Restoring takes work. And restoring, sometimes we don't want to do so. Can we put up verse one for just one moment again? In verse 1, it says, Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, you who live by the Spirit should 
judge. Oh, no, it doesn't say judge that person. You should gossip about that. Nope, it doesn't say that either. It says you should talk badly about. Nope, it doesn't. It says you should restore that person. And restoring, it's going to take work. But it's also going to take everything in you to not judge, to not gossip, to not talk about it, but for the genuinity of just saying, I'm with you on this journey. And Paul, he continues on. And now he's saying, hey, I'm glad you got this first thing. I want to continue on this same notion. Because oftentimes our life, we could just make it all about us, our relationship with God, which is so important. We need to focus on our spirituality. We need to focus on how a good our God is. But sometimes we could forget about the horizontal too. We forget about the people around us. And so he says, hey, I just told you to restore people. But now I'm going to give you a second responsibility. Someone say second responsibility. The second responsibility is found in verse 2, where he says this. Carry each other's burdens... And in this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. At the end here, though, he says something else. He says, without comparing themselves to someone else, for each one should carry their own load. So he kind of gives this paradox where he says, carry each other's burdens, but carry your own load. Carry each other's burdens, but carry your own load or carry your own weight. See, that load here is not what you might think, and it's not really as much of a paradox. See, that word load, it would translate best to like a backpack, like a backpack. As a matter of fact, I'm going to ask Floyd, can you pass me my backpack for one moment? Don't judge my Miami Heat backpack. I love the Miami Heat. I'm praying we get Damian Lillard in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And it's camo, so it's kind of cool. Um, so I got my backpack, right? And so what Paul's saying is every single one of you guys, you have a load that you're supposed to carry. Every single one of us. We all have decisions we have to make. We all have the, the personal responsibilities that have all been given to us. I have the responsibility of making sure that my wife is attained and make sure that I'm loving my wife. I have to make sure I'm an incredible son for my parents. I have to make sure I'm a good brother for my little brother. Like, I have to make sure that I'm going ahead and I'm stepping into the load that God has given me. Paul's not saying is, hey, give your load to somebody else. Let somebody else do that. He's talking about something different. As he says, we all have a load. Carry your load. As a matter of fact, I'm going to ask if Arnold can come on up. Come on, how many of you guys love Arnold? Arnold's amazing. This is, this is what he's saying. And so Arnold here also has a book bag on. We planned it, I promise. And so that's why he has a book bag on. And so he's saying, hey, Arnold, you have a load too. You have a load where you have a wife. You also have responsibilities at work. You also have a child to attain to. There's decisions you gotta make. There's load that you have to carry. I have my load. You have your load. Now, what he's also saying, though, is there's, there's burdens that you got to help carry. Now, these burdens are not the load or the things that every single one of us have to carry. These burdens are a little bit different. These burdens are usually unforeseen events. So a burden can kind of look like this where, Arnold, I'm having you move just there, right there. Perfect. All right, so a burden is kind of like this where Arnold is stepping into season. He's got all the things that he has to carry, but now he just found out he lost his job. Burden unexplainable, it wasn't something that you planned, stuff like that happens. But then the burdens continue on, as now that he lost his job, now there's tension in his marriage because now in his marriage, his wife doesn't know how they're gonna survive and how they're gonna be able to support each other, and there's a burden. And he goes about that, and now his, his child is seeing that mom and dad are fighting, and she's probably thinking, well, this, is, this must be all my fault. And so now daughter's starting to rebel because it's just, 
This is, this is a burden. This is a burden. So Arnold feels like it's all, it's all my fault. His mental health is now going all over the place. Anxiety is just filling him. He's waking up and he's like, I don't even feel like waking up in the morning. There's no job that's getting to me and it's just another burden. And it's, it's just another load. And it's building up. And he's continuing on. He's like, I have my own load on me, I, I'm, I, but I can't keep going on. Now he gets some news that there's a family member who just passed away in his family and it's just another load. <laughs> Here's the reality. There's a lot of people around us that are, that are walking around like this. And if they just had one extra burden, it might be something that they can't handle anymore. They're on the edge. They're on the end and they're saying, hey, I'm at the last rope. I don't know if I can keep going. I don't know if I can handle this anymore. This is just too much for me. And we're walking by people every single day. And we're just letting people carry their own burdens. And it's messy. And it's destructive. And every single time somebody's just saying, help. 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 Here's the thing about burdens. You can't help carry somebody's burden unless you get next to the burdened person. We have to be willing to get in messiness. We have to be willing to get in somebody's shoes. We have to be willing to meet them where they are and understand they might say things that they didn't mean because of the season that they're in. They might do things that weren't intentional, but that's the season that they're in. And it's saying, hey, Arnold, I know that you can't afford food right now. And I may not have much myself, but let me carry this burden with you. And I'm going to go ahead and buy you some food this week. Hey, I know that your wife might have just kicked you out of the house this week. You know what? I'm going to give you a place to stay. Let me help you carry some burden. Hey, I know that maybe you just lost a family. Can I commit to praying with you? And something that seemed incomprehensible, something that he couldn't do on himself. Now it's something that we each are carrying the load together. We're carrying the burden together. And church, I promise you this isn't going to be easy. There's going to be a lot of days where you're not going to want to do this. You're going to say, hey, forget this. Carry your own burden. Do what you want to do. But you have to remind yourself that there was a season, and every single day actually, where you couldn't carry your own burden and Christ said, I will carry that burden of sin that you couldn't do on your own. I'll carry that burden of the weight of the anxious heart that you couldn't do on your own. And it's because of Jesus that we can walk into a room and we can say, God, I couldn't carry the burden on my own, but it's because of your grace that I stand firm here. And it's because of your grace that I could keep moving, I could keep pressing. Come on, somebody give Jesus some praise in the room. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you so much, guys. Can we give it up for Arnold one time as well? Thank you, Floyd. Thank you, guys, for everything. we got to carry each other's burden. As a matter of fact, Paul says this. When you do this, you're actually completing the law of Christ. Well, what is that law of Christ? Jesus says this, and he says this in, in, verse, in John chapter 13. He says, a new commandment I give to you. That you love one another as I have loved you. That you also love one another. By this, all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. What is the law of Christ? Loving others. Loving others when it's not easy. Loving others when life is burdensome. Loving others even when you don't feel like doing it. Loving others. You actually... 
get this picture. When we don't want to do this, where we can remember that one day, maybe that's not you right now, but there's going to be one day where you might have to be carrying all those burdens yourself too. And you're going to be walking through life and saying, ah, I need help. And it's in those moments where as you help carry somebody else's burden, that person might say, let me help carry your burdens too. I'm on the journey with you. We're in this together. You reap what you sow. As a matter of fact, that was, that was Paul's next thing. Paul's next thing was in verse seven, where he says, do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the spirit from the spirit will reap eternal life. You can write this down. Sow well, reap well. Sow well, reap well. If I could illustrate it best like this. How many of you guys are just grateful for mango season? I love mango season. It's the greatest season on the planet. Nothing like it. My parents have the greatest mango tree ever. I love it. I eat about three mangoes a day. I'm about to turn orange. Um, I love mango season. It's the best. So during COVID, there was a time where my dad was like, hey, we have all these seeds. I don't know what to do with them. I'm just going to throw them in some pots. So my dad gets these seeds and he throws them in all these little pots. And you could think, what's going to come out of it? My dad sowed these seeds into these little pots. And what came out of it? It was a, a small mango tree, little tiny branches, mango tree. What would have been funny is if he sowed mango seeds, but out came like an apple tree. That's not what happens. Paul's saying, hey, what you sow in, you're gonna get out. And what he was talking about was going back to chapter five is he's talking about the fruits of the spirit. And he's talking about, hey, these are the things, love, joy, peace, patience, faithfulness, goodness, kindness, self-control. These things is what he's talking about. But reality is, what we love to sow in is what our own flesh desires, our own desires. And so sometimes we like to sow in a little bit of envy, but what we reap is more jealousy to everybody around us. What we love is to sow into what our eyes want to see and what we reap is toxic relationships around us. What we sow in is everything that we naturally want and what we reap is everything that we shouldn't have. And Paul is saying, hey, you sow well and you'll reap well. If you start to sow love into your relationships, what you might get around you are some loving relationships. If you start to sow self-control in the little things, it's self-control in the bigger things that you'll start to come about. You sow well and you're going to reap well. You sow well and you're going to reap well. What is it that you need to start sowing in today? What have you been sowing in? Have you been sowing in? watching things you're not supposed to be watching, finding peace in all these areas that you know you shouldn't be finding peace in. The relationship isn't gonna get you there. Your works isn't gonna get you there. The people around you that you've been going to for validation isn't gonna get you there. So well, reap well. So well, reap well. As a matter of fact, and the bank can start coming up, it's not just a seasonal thing, but we're in this for the long haul. We're in this for the long haul. I love what Paul says. He says this in verse nine. He says, let us not grow weary in doing good. For at the proper time, you will reap a harvest if you do not give up. Let us not grow weary in doing good. He's saying, don't grow tired. This, it's gonna be exhausting. He's coming from a place where he's talking about freedom. 
maintaining your freedom, exhausting. Carrying each other's burdens, exhausting. Restoring others, exhausting. It's gonna be exhausting. It's gonna be tiresome. There's gonna be days where you're not gonna wanna do it anymore. You're not gonna wanna feel it anymore. You've been helping the same person for three years and you're like, man, is this person ever gonna get it? Exhausting. More, more problems will come up in your life because we were not promised a perfect life. Problems, exhausting. The load that you're carrying, even if it's not burdens yet, might get a little heavier. Exhausting. Maybe you're in this room and you're just like, I'm exhausted. I'm exhausted. I don't know what to do anymore. I don't know what to carry anymore. Everybody else around me just seems to hurt me. I'm falling into temptation after temptation after temptation. I'm getting backstabbed after backstabbed after backstabbed. I thought the people that love me the most are hurting me the most. Exhausting. If you're exhausted in this room, Jesus said this. He says, are you tired? Are you weary? Come and I will give you rest. The answer you need is in Jesus. It's the only, it's the only answer. It's the only resolution. And it takes this where you say day in and day out, I'm not gonna grow weary. I'm not gonna grow weary. And it's gonna start at a journey wherever you may be starting at today. Maybe you've never made a decision to follow Jesus. Maybe you've been following Jesus for 40 years. Amazing, beautiful. Every single day, you're saying, I'm gonna sow well. I'm gonna sow some new love today. And the next day, though I might be tired, Paul said, don't grow weary and doing good. I'm gonna help this person carry their burdens. I'm gonna sow that. The next day, when everything around me, the news is trying to take away my peace, media is trying to take away my peace, social media is trying to take away my peace, I'm gonna sow into the one who gives me peace. The next day, though everything around me tells me I shouldn't be joyful, I'm gonna sow some more joy. And the next day, I'm gonna sow when everything around me is saying, hey, good is bad, bad is good, guess what? I'm gonna go ahead and I'm gonna sow in some goodness. When everybody around me just makes me want to lash out in anger, guess what? I'm going to say kindness is what I'm going to sow in. And then there's going to be a day where I'm going to want to look back, but then I can look back and say, hey, I may not be where I want to be, but at least I'm not where I used to be. So guess what? The next day, I'm going to keep sowing. And the next day, I'm going to keep sowing. And the next day, I'm going to keep sowing. And the next day, I'm going to keep sowing because it is God who will strengthen you. It's God who will lift you up. It is God that is perfect in everything as you trusted him, you'll realize it's not something you can ever do on your own. But the moment you say, Jesus, I give you my life. I know that I'm not running this race by myself. I'm not running this race alone, but the God who created me, the God who knows how many hairs are on top of my head, the God who loves me is strengthening me, backing me up along the journey. Come on, somebody. If you're thankful for Jesus, can you stand up to your feet for just a moment? Can we thank God in this place? I want to pray for some people in the room and I'm going to ask if everybody could just close their eyes and bow their heads for just a moment. As a matter of fact, I want to pray for everybody in this room that's willing. Because you got to be willing. If you're willing with all eyes closed and heads bowed, you just want to, I want to say, I want to accept the responsibility. God, you've set me free. I want to accept the responsibility of being free. I'm going to ask if you can lift both hands up. I'm going to be the first one on here. As 
we pray together. Lord, we thank you, Jesus. Lord, thank you that you carried our load that we couldn't carry on our own. We saw the people in the Old Testament had to give sacrifice after sacrifice after sacrifice in order to get that freedom that they needed, freedom from their sin, forgiveness of their sin. And today, we have the ultimate sacrifice in you, Jesus. Lord, and today you've set us free. God, allow us to accept the responsibility of being free. We wanna accept the responsibility. We know sometimes we're gonna be exhausted when doing it, but I know that you're gonna strengthen us to do it, God. Lord, allow us to be able to represent you, God, to every person around us, to every family member, to every coworker, to every teammate, to every single person that comes across our path that when they see our life, they see a savior that loves them and cares for them, God. Today, we accept the responsibility. This isn't just a one-day thing. This is a lifetime thing as we sow in what you've called us to sow in, Lord. We give you all praise, honor, and glory. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 I would like to pray for one more group of people. I'm going to ask if everybody could just close their eyes and bow their heads for just one more moment. We won't be much longer. I want to pray for somebody in the room that maybe you've never met Jesus before. You've never encountered him. You've been hearing about him. I want to let you know that there's a thing called sin and sin is a terrible thing. The Bible talks about the price of sin. The wage of sin is what it calls it. And the wage of sin is death. And it's not just physical death because every single one of us will die physically. What he's talking about here, it's a spiritual death. It's an eternal death. What we actually all deserve because every single one of us have fallen. Every single one of us have made a mistake. We've all done wrong. We've all said wrong. We've all thought wrong. And what we actually deserve because of our sin is that eternal death. We deserve hell. That's what we deserve. But Jesus, being the son of God, saw that in the Old Testament, what people had to do for freedom and for forgiveness was they had to sacrifice animals. What Jesus says is, what they deserve, what I want them to have is my sacrifice. And so Jesus gets on a cross that actually me and you deserve to be on. Every single one of us, we deserve to be on the cross. And he says, I'm going to switch places with you. So that way you don't pay, pay that price yourself. And it's because of Jesus that when you decide to follow him, there is freedom of sin. There is forgiveness of sin. The shame, the guilt that you've been holding on to, it is wiped clean in Jesus' name. And all he asks of you is to trust him, to believe in him, to believe that he is the son of God. And I say is the son of God because he didn't just die on the cross and stay there. He is alive today. He resurrected three days later and he's saying, I love you so much and I want to have a relationship with you. Today, I believe he wants to set you free of the shame, the guilt that you've been carrying, the weight that you haven't told anybody about, the tears that you've been crying at night. I believe he is a healer still. I believe he is a deliverer still. I believe he still breaks chains. I believe he still sets free in Jesus' name. And all he's saying is, hey, will you trust me with your life? Will you trust me with your life? Will you decide to live by the spirit, just like Paul said? If that's you, with nobody looking around, I'm not gonna throw this microphone in your face. I'm not going to go ahead and interview you up here. I just want to know who I'm praying for. And so if that's you, you're saying, I want to decide to follow Jesus today. I want to know that beyond this earth, I'm going to go to heaven because God set me free. If that's you, on the count of three, I'm just going to have you lift up your hand. One, two, three. Amen. God bless you. God bless you over here. God bless you in the back over here. Amen. God bless you over here, young man. God bless you over here. Anybody else, you can leave your hand lifted so I can see you. Amen. Amen. Amen.
if I missed your hand, these lights are a little bit bright. Um, don't worry, God still sees your heart. And so the Bible does say that if you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. So what I wanna do is I just wanna lead you in a prayer. And it's not this prayer that saves you. It's not the prayer with me that saves you. It's just saying, God, I believe in you. I trust in you with not just my lips, but with my heart too. So I'm gonna ask that you repeat after me. And if you made that decision today, I pray that you go ahead and you say this with everything that you got. And everybody's gonna join along with you as we say this. Dear Jesus, I open my heart. I invite you inside to be my friend, to be my savior, to be my God. Jesus. I'm sorry, I'm sorry for everything that I've done. For everything I've done. I just want to follow you. I just want to follow you. all the days of my life. All the days of my life. Jesus, Jesus, forgive me. Forgive me. Save, me. Save me. I put my hope in you. I put my trust in you. Come on, it's in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody says, come on, everybody says, come on, can we give make some noise for everybody who just made a decision to follow Jesus? Thank you so much, Anna. Hey, if you made a decision to follow Jesus, I just want to tell you, you just made the greatest decision of your entire life. You're going to make millions of decisions, but there is none like the one that you just made. As you said yes to Jesus, you no longer walk alone. And so we just want to give you a gift. And you can see some of the items that we have on there. We have a coffee mug for you. We have a notebook for you, a letter from pastors Alex and Diana, a pen, free coffee voucher, but also there's a Bible in here. And I believe God speaks through his word still. And so if you say, hey, I made that decision, we have an amazing team outside called the Connect team. There's a Connect tent. You can go get one of these gifts free of charge. Don't worry, you don't gotta pay anything. We just wanna love on you. One more time, can we make some noise for everybody that made that decision in this room? Amen. Awesome. Here's what I pray, that this not be a Sunday message, but this may be a thing that you celebrate Monday through Sunday. Fourth of July is coming on Tuesday. Let's make sure, hey, I got a responsibility to do. It might be the chance where you might be able to help the family members that have been far from God be set free on a weekend like Tuesday, like Independence Day weekend. And so here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna have us lift up our hands. We're gonna worship out here together. I'm gonna pray for you guys one last time. And Wednesday, make sure you make it out to the prayer and worship night. It's gonna be amazing. Don't come alone. And so Lord, we thank you, Jesus. Lord, I pray for every single person that's here, everybody watching online. I pray that you may bless them in their week, God. Lord, I pray for safety. I pray that they may just all accept that responsibility of being free. Lord, we give you all praise, honor, and glory. To Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Church, let's leave your worship. We love you guys.